And we are going okay. Hello, people. Welcome back to the High Button Podcast. My name is Justin Belanger. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the High Button Podcast. If you could do us a quick favor, head on over to our page on the iTunes app. Give us a rating, a comment, all that good stuff. It's little things like that that allow the high button to grow in order to where we want it to be in the near future. So thank you very much for that. Uh, Today's September 11th, people. Not the ideal day. I think each and every one of us remember where we were that day. Uh, You know, I I don't know how old I was, maybe grade three or four. And I remember I was playing soccer with my friends on the field and a kid ran up to us. He had a note in his hand. And I remember I was having a great soccer game. I had like three goals that game. And this kid ran up in the middle of the field, interrupted the soccer game. Everyone's like, what are you doing, man? Get out of here. What are you doing? And he goes, all right, guys, 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 I got some big news. I got some big news. And when you're at that age, the only big news is, you know, a field trip or you're getting the day off school. There's not, there's no big news at that age. And uh, I remember he just said to us, listen, in New York City, two planes hit two towers, the tallest towers in the world. And I remember just thinking the tallest towers in the world that, you know, maybe that is kind of a big deal. But, you know, as a kid, you don't really think too much about it. You don't know what a terrorist attack is. You don't, uh, you don't realize the magnitude of the situation at that age. And I remember going back into the classroom and uh, the announcements came on after lunch. We went to gym class. And no one really made a big deal of it, to be honest with you. None of my teachers mentioned it. Uh, you know, I went home after school, and that's kind of where that's kind of where it hit home a little bit. I don't want to say hit home because I, I was so young. It, it's hard to it's hard to say anything hits home at that age. You know, you're a kid. You're just living freely. You know, anything that happens is uh, is fine because your parents are going to take care of it. But I do remember going home, and when you get home from school at that age, it was, uh, I don't know, 3 o'clock. And I knew my parents didn't get home to work until 5.30, 6 o'clock. So when they were both home, sitting down, watching television, I knew something was off. I thought I was in trouble, to be honest with you. I was a little nervous. And uh, I remember they were just sitting there watching the TV, watching the news. And I was like, what are you guys, what's going on? And I remember my dad uh, he's like, Justin, you need to sit down. You need to watch this. And I, I, it was weird. Like I've never really seen my parents act that way. Like we can all, we all know that look our parents have when they're a little worried, concerned, you know, my mom wasn't crying, but you know, her, her eyes were watering a little bit and you could see my dad, you know, a little hesitant, a little worried. And you know, when you, you, when you think of your father, you think of a strong individual, a, a man that won't crumble, but you know, that day when you both look at your parents or you look at both of your parents, excuse me, and you see the worry in their eyes, it kind of sets in. Um, and I remember we never went out to fast food restaurants when I was younger. We always stayed in. We always cooked. And that day we went to McDonald's. My parents just didn't want to cook. They, it was just, I don't know, they they just didn't want to. It was not a, It was not a happy day. But McDonald's for me meant a happy occasion, so I was pumped that I got free McDonald's out of it. And I remember at that time, my mom just started a business, and she told me this years later the story about how she started the business around that time and how she was worried that it wasn't going to get off the ground financially. 
due to the fact that the world changed that day. You know, apparently people started treating each other differently. I kind of wish I was a bit older to see the change in the world. I was too young to to notice the airport security or to notice the you know, the interactions between people. I couldn't imagine what it was like going to the coffee shop that day, talking to people, saying, you know, what do you think of this? Like, did you see that? Like, yeah, I, I just couldn't imagine the media world back then. You know? The only conversation that you could be having for years, two, three years after that occasion is September 11th, Afghanistan, Bin Laden. Like, what else do you have to talk about? That day, the world changed. To this day, I don't know if there's really been anything that big or significant in my life that has pivoted the direction of the world. September 11th, 2001. I, don't, I can't think of anything. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. But, you know, I think that's what terrorism is supposed to do. It's supposed to scare you. With, uh, with all these shootings happening, sorry to get dark here, folks, but I got to talk. I got I to gotta rant here for a sec. These shootings that are going on, you know, I won't lie to you. Whenever I walk into a public setting, um, I'm looking over my shoulder. If I'm in a Starbucks lineup and I see a guy with a long black leather trench coat on with sunglasses, you know, call me, you know, it's wrong, but I'm looking over my shoulder preparing to, to run to get out of there. You know, I'm cautious of it. Whenever I go into Sobeys, Walmart, Anytime there's, I'm in a public setting, I'm, I'm 100% aware of it. And it sucks because it kind of ruins my, I guess, enjoyment of going out into the world. But, you know, you can't sit there and tell me that you guys don't think about it every now and then. I don't know. Maybe I'm the crazy one. But uh, anyway, September 11th, crazy day. Uh, you know, just pray that that day never repeats itself and something like that never happens again. On a lighter topic... Ziad Lowen is on the podcast today. Ziad was one of the first guests we had on the podcast when I moved to Halifax. His podcast that we did almost gave me hope that I knew that I could turn uh, turn this podcast into something. He gave me, uh, he gave me, what did he give me? He gave me the awareness of myself that I was able to hold a conversation for long periods of time and able to hold a conversation with a stranger. I don't know if awareness was the right word, but I didn't really know Ziad that well, to be quite honest with you, when we did that podcast for the first time. We've had mutual friends, and he was just such an easy guest to talk to. If you know Ziad, he's he's a brilliant individual. He doesn't go with the flow. He goes against the grain he puts his uh you know he he puts his fingerprint on the world he says what he thinks he and that's a rare couple of characteristics to have today you know most people go with the flow and and, and do what everybody else is doing but he says it how he sees it yeah, if you go says it how he sees it i might have messed that up but if you know the uh, Mulgrave Park the mural paintings that happened about 2 weeks ago maybe it was a week ago uh, Ziad was the one who organized that. So that's just another example of Ziad putting his fingerprint on the world that he lives in. Uh, if you drive by there and you see all those murals, think of Ziad. He, he's the one that illustr- or orchestrated that. We went down and did interviews with some of the artists from around the world. Very cool experience. And you know, when, you, when you're here listening to Ziad, you'll notice that he's a different individual. He, he speaks his mind. He tells it how it is. When he looks at the world, he doesn't take it for face value. He investigates. He's in uh, Dow Law right now, actually. I think he's in Dow Law. Fuck. Yeah, he's in Dow Law. 
he's gonna kill me if I mess that up. Uh, but anyways, just one of one of my favorite people to talk to. I always learn something from him every time he comes on the podcast. He's already, he's already been on twice. Um, and like I said, yeah, every every time he's on, I always have a blast. So it's gonna be a great listen. My name's Justin. We're talking to Ziad. High button. You know what comes next. Here we go. See, now to me, that button's in the worst possible spot. The second button literally makes or breaks the shirt. Look at it. It's too high. It's in no man's land. You look like you live with your mother. All right, Ziad. We are going here, I think. Yeah, we're going. Are we on? We're going. We don't do the intro no more? No music? I did the intro before you got Oh, here. my God. I don't make you work. Premeditated murder right now. I always say whenever people come on the like the podcast, they don't yeah. listen to the intro. So whenever they go home and listen to the episode, they listen to what I say about them beforehand. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like a, a little, little bit of sugar and spice, like all, when we're listening to it. All good things. Why you don't want to warm me up now? You don't want to pepper me up a bit? What do you want me to say? I I've, you already I know, know what I'm gonna no, say no, about no, you. No, no, man. So this is the news I got to break to. What's going on? Team USA lost. No. Team USA lost to France by ten. When was this? This morning? Today. It's over. Wait, wait, wait. What do you September mean? September 11th. They lost on the day. They lost. All- American Tragedy 2.0. It's horrible. I can't believe they lost. They did, The USA didn't have a full roster. Like, they didn't no, have the but they had Kemba Walker, who I think is horribly overrated. He's too short, man. He's like a, he's like five foot like 11 or something. I don't know who that is. Kemba Walker's a guy who played for uh, Charlotte Hornets. Okay. Charlotte Hornets, whatever Hornets, the one, the Jordan team. Every time you come on the podcast, you drop words, you drop names that problem. I feel like I should know, and I just try to rebuttal them. They're, they're in like your idiot. head somewhere. <laughs> anyway, so they, yeah, and then they didn't have any of the big NBA stars. Why not? But to lose to France is embarrassing because Evan Fournier just put up like twenty on them, and he's like their French shooting guard, and it's just weird because it's like you, you, the NBA team just lost to a bunch of French guys. I don't even know if they are in the, up for the bronze medal game. It's pretty embarrassing, to be honest with you. Ooh. Like, they got the Boston Celtics' entire starting lineup on the team. Think about it. Like, it's pretty embarrassing. Like, losing to, like, some, like, pro league players from France. Like, they don't even play in the NBA. Anyway. You can make some money on betting on basketball, I feel like. You could make Especially some, in something like well, that. Well, it's the most predictable sport. Is it? Yeah, you never seen that little mini doc about it? No. I always do this to you. I come on here. I no, hit but you that's with, what I love. I hit about you with little YouTube videos, weird little ideas. Talk about it. What's well, this? Well, listen. Okay, there's a Vox documentary about uh, the uh, essentially, essentially, it's the predictability of sports. How some sports are more predictable than others, and essentially, the equation just goes with how much. Uh, room for error is there in the sports like basketball is way more predictable than something like hockey which is your sport actually those are the two spectrum hockey is the least predictable and, ho- and basketball is the most mm-hmm. and one of the reasons like the, one of the stats they give is that like sid plays i think it's like he plays like 22 minutes a game right that's yeah sounds about right which is a lot no i hear that like, that's yeah. a that's insane because that's like less than 35% of the game. Whereas LeBron or any NBA superstar or even like any NBA B superstar plays like 30 minutes a game, which is more than half, way more than half, right? Yeah. So like the the amount of the superstar effect on the sport is big. The way it's played itself, like you could have accurate shots on net in hockey and you can go scoreless the whole game. Whereas in basketball, you're getting to the rim, you're dunking on someone. Open three usually goes down. Maybe I did see... Is this the documentary about where the ref was... No. 
It's just a seven-minute little thing, science of sports. And so then, then the betting comes in. And then it's like that's why underdogs get pay out way more in basketball because it's really unlikely that underdogs win. Whereas in hockey, you have upsets all the time. I've lost too much money in my early 20s on gambling <laughs> and at the casino. I, I just stay away from it. I think we all have the gambling bug in us. No, no, of course, man. It's, it's, uh, but it's just whether or not you have the discipline to stay away from the well, casino. It's that the, some game thing. you know. It's like you go in, it feels better when you win than when you lose. So I picked up chess in the last year. No. And they say chess, yeah, a ton. Well, I don't know why. You can play like on chess.com and stuff. You can play like 20-minute games really fast. Did, have you always played checkers beforehand? I heard checkers <laughs> is a great warm-up <laughs> to chess. No, I never played nothing, actually. I was just bored in one summer, and I was like, well, I got to pick something up. Who do you play against? Chess.com, man. Play online. <laughs> so you play the computer. Well, I, I retired from basketball, so I had to get the competitive ego somewhere. Okay. We all funnel it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, that's, they consider that a negative sum game. Where it's like every time you lose, it hurts way more than when you win. Like winning in chess, you don't really care that much. When you lose, it's painful. Whereas betting is the opposite. Losing, it doesn't bother you. Winning feels great. So that's why we keep betting. Apparently, it's addictive. Apparently some of the best chess players in the world are homeless. They live on the streets of New York in a, in a right. certain park. Right, 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 right. It was, right, right. On, uh, comedians of, uh, it was on an episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee oh, where Kramer, I forget his real name. Yeah, anyways, Kramer. Was Kramer? There's an episode with Kramer on it? Yeah, it's like the second episode. Ke- Richard something. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's an yeah. embarrassment that I don't know his real No, name. that's okay. And uh, and he picked up the same Since thing sense. as you. He was a, an athlete, and you yeah, know, he yeah. had to channel his uh, Some, something into chess. So he went and. Well, this is what he heard. He was just in New York right, for right, right, a right, right, bit. Right. And he heard that the, some of the best players in the world were at this park two streets over. Right. And he just walked over and he saw yeah. these homeless guys playing they're, chess. They're, they're, they call them like uh, chess hustlers. Something like that, yeah. Because they sit there and they're like really high level actually. And they just work people all the time and they kind of look like, you know. They have the attire of a homeless person. Yeah. But clearly they're highly intelligent. Yeah, chess is a weird game, man. It's a super bizarre game. What's so bizarre about it? Well, because uh, somehow it's very psychological, even though it's a board game. It's very intimidating because everyone starts in the same position. Like if I play basketball against LeBron, it's like... I'm already supposed to lose because he's six foot eight and like God like athlete. But if I play against Magnus Carlson, who is like this guy's an OG, by the way, he's like the number one chess player in the world. We start with the same position. In fact, like seven moves in, we could be at an equal position and then he'll dominate. But you know what I mean? Like there's always an opportunity to win, which is scary. Like it's not scary playing against LeBron because you know for a fact that he's about to win 21-0. So you're saying the excitement of chess is that there's a possibility that you can exactly. be the best player. Exactly. You can play against a noob, an amateur, and lose. There's a lot of stuff like that online. But I Obviously, I go and start watching YouTube channels about how yeah. to play chess and what to do and all the strategies and shit. Yeah. It's a crazy world. It's so impossible. I, I'm not even a chess player. I just play the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like To, to play that game, you got to like deeply study it. It's got, it's got, there's something like a billion or like some billion uh, forms of the game. Hey, there's so many combinations of moves and stuff. Anyways, how the hell are we talking about chess? No, I'm fascinated by this. Well, it's really fun. 
And uh, I'd recommend you try it out. I always recommend you to try out stuff. You never do any of them, do you? Yes, I do. No, it, mostly me. it's music. Mostly you talk about it. Yeah, when you come yeah, on and true. you say, listen true. to this album. True. I think the last time I came here was post-Mac. It was. It was uh, right. the Red Album of Mac Miller where he's sitting right. at the table naked. Right, 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 right. It was before swimming, wasn't it? Oh, wow. I can't believe he lost that album. Him and Nipsey Hussle, two guys that died, lost the Grammy to K- K- Cardi B. I no no swimming was the best swimming was swimming do you know that the final song on swimming see this is weird that no one talks about this stuff the final song on swimming is it's named so it goes okay so so it goes is a phrase made famous by an author who wrote slaughterhouse five uh jesus this 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 can't happen right now what's his name joe budden I just think of Slaughter. Not Joe Budden. <laughs> Not Joe Budden. Anyways, the guy who wrote Slaughter House 5 will come to me in a second. Anyways, in that book, it's this like, weird book about a, a PTSD American soldier from World War II, and he comes back home and he thinks he's getting like uh, abducted by aliens. Anyway, in the book, every time a character dies, the sentence ends, and then there's just this mini sentence where it says, so it goes. And then that sentence ends. In every time, I think there's like 120 times in the book. So it goes. So it so goes. goes. Okay. Mac Miller puts that at the end of his last album ever. And then he dies a couple months later. And it was easily his greatest album ever. It's yeah. Like most beautiful funk. Think about that. That's like some weird predictive shit. And on top of it, the whole album is about how he survives within the addiction. Because he's swimming in his problem, not drowning. That's Ooh. the whole consistent idea in the, the album. He does talk about death a lot. Oh, yeah, man. The guy's completely like, you know, he's faced it a hundred times. I don't know. I don't know. And then obviously caught up with him, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And he talked about like in the album, he talks about not being part of the 27 group and all this other stuff. I don't know. It's crazy. But just uh, that's so it goes thing is kind of uh, fascinating. Did you read the court documents of the guy that got charged about manslaughter? Did you I heard read about the court that. documents? No. I don't know if I want to bring it up because it's you know I don't I don't want to talk illy of the dead, but the, you should read the text between Mac Miller and the drug dealer and what he ordered and the certain drugs and the prostitutes oh, that he doing, ordered. They're doing crazy stuff. It's a cool read. I thought you'd be interested in it. Really? Because you're in, well, I'll you're check in law it out. School. I'll it's, check it out. It's open to the public. And what he ordered and stuff. The drugs he ordered, the amount of drugs he ordered, the the women that he ordered for this night, really? the night he died, yeah. Oh wow! So you can kind of replay in your head of it's what weird. he was going through the night it's he weird. died. Man, it's weird. There's a lot of weird documentation around that stuff. There's I once found this like link online from the UK. Shout out to my boy Matthew Mushadafi. He actually showed me this. He's from the UK. Okay. He's from Wales to be exact. I don't even know if that's really the UK anymore. They don't even know what that shit is. And so he sent me this link when we I was living in Beirut about the, the official documentation of all the deaths, accidental deaths in the UK. And it's just this link where they just in all day for like the last 15 years, they write like two line two liners about someone's death because tort law like injury law like how you die like if, if you fall like if a if a sign falls and kills someone mm. or if you're like unloading a truck the truck rolls back hits someone yeah. you know what i mean this yeah. type of stuff it's really weird man there's a little weird stuff on the internet when it comes to this stuff it's weird documentation of people's deaths i had a friend whose mom is a, is a lawyer in the city i'm not going to say his name because i'm it'll, i don't want to get him Do in trouble but they're high button on liability yeah, no. I don't know if I would. You want to, we, need a, we need a lawyer, actually. Oh, God. Every time I come on here, I start sweating, man. I'm, I'm, I might start calling you. Get my lips we... running. <laughs> something's going to fall out wrong. Get kicked out of law school. 
the amount of lawsuits that would come in through this uh, firm about, you know, a bus ran over this lady's toe. And right. It's right. incredible. You don't think about it, but there's things no. that happen every single day in this city that it's a near-death experience True. or a death experience that you don't hear in the news. True. And, uh, well, Canada is good with their media. Canada's good at uh, a lot of the stuff they do, actually. Yeah? Eh, yeah. I mean, obviously got some flaws, but, like, you know, we don't, like, you know, we don't, like, hair, like, we don't, like, put, like, we don't, like, honor, like, killers. We don't honor murderers. We kind of usually keep their name out of the media, you know? Yeah. We kind of, like, respect, like, different cultures and stuff. It's good that way. How do you feel on... Oh, God. Don't get me on the how you feel questions. Sorry. I, got, I, have I always to. get called out for this. I, I get going. Well, but... the reason why I like to bring these things up with you is because I find myself in my life asking mm. my own questions. Should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Oh. And you, to me, you just seem like a guy who has it all together. No, I... <laughs> like, honestly, it does. My girlfriend wouldn't agree. My parents <laughs> wouldn't agree. A lot of people wouldn't agree. Well, maybe the, the things that you say, I feel like you have it all God. together. Maybe not in your actions, but in your head, I right. feel like you got things Kurt Vonnegut. Out. Kurt Vonnegut is his name. How dare I forget his name? Kurt Vonnegut wrote Slaughterhouse-Five. He also wrote Cat's Cradle, which is a crazy book. He's the greatest, like one of the greatest dystopia authors ever. I just remembered it now. Hit See, me. that's why you got to figure it out because things Kurt come back. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, they don't just go away forever. People recommend that you don't watch the news, but at the same time, when you don't watch the news, you feel misinformed. Right. Where do you stand on that? Do, oh, do you God. pay attention to CNN? Do you watch these things and form your own opinion? Or It's tough, man. You know, what it's do you tough. do? Years ago, I used to think that the media, like, it was like, oh, like, we should be greater than the media's effect on us. You know what I mean? Like we shouldn't allow the media to really dictate how we feel and think and stuff. And then over the last couple of years, I've completely realized that we are just like victims or we are at the mercy of the media in terms of what to watch and stuff. The media is powerful, man. They, they spew one thing, your name out in the wrong sentence. I've heard here in Nova Scotia, I've heard of legal problems with people who never got in trouble legally where a guy was up for a, charge a report was released on like metro news or something that was false by by accident and now this guy when you google his name the first thing co that comes up is this potential case against him this is for employers and stuff you know this guy's a professional and so the media has completely fucking ruined his name in nova scotia he had to leave he left he doesn't live here anymore really nice guy really professional really like so outstanding type person and here he is, like completely, uh, uh, you know, like uh, uh, I don't know, like uh, burdened by false news, and that's before fake news, you know. I don't know, man. Media, when you watch it, you gotta realize there's someone else's perspective being spewed. Like, okay, we sit here, you and I, and I tell you, Kemba Walker's too short. <laughs> well, there's someone else who tell you Kemba Walker's one of the greatest point guards ever. He hit like a game winner in the NCAA finals, right? So. It's about someone's perspective on something. Yeah. I think the media is the same way. I don't think there's anyone that's truly un unbiased yeah. completely. So, do you, but you got to follow it. How are you going to know what's going on? But should you know what's going on? Me and my brother always talk about this. D should people know what's going on? Justin, that's a question for you. I feel like with my job, I, I should. Like in order with this podcast to keep up on current events, I should. But there's a part of me that doesn't want to look, not even the internet, not even social media, right. just to form my own uh, originality. Like, you know, I, when I feel I look at other people's Instagram page or listen to True. other people's podcasts and I love it, like Bill Burr, for example, I love his podcast. And there's parts of me that kind of want to steal, steal from him that and put onto my podcast. But I can't because, 
I can't be Bill Burr. Bill Burr is one in a million. But just like Justin Belanger is one in a million, right. just like Ziad's one in a million. Right, you know, right, so right, right. when I well, he's one news, in a billion. I know we might be one in one like a, a couple w- mil. Whatever. You he's know one I mean. in something, man. That guy's that guy's fucked. He's crazy. No, no, he's crazy. He's crazy. But he's but what's insane about his compared to all the great comedians is he's actually just talking. Like he's just ripping out of his fucking ass. I think there's a part of Bill Burr and you, man, the way you speak. I'm yeah, dead serious. that's not a good thing. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm not making millions going around making people laugh, you know. But like you're a guy. Yeah. I say in the intro that you you don't go with the wave. You don't go with no, the current. You go against problem. the current. And you put your you put your fingerprint on the world. The perfect example of that is fish Mul- swim, fish 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 is swimming upstream. You know, a perfect example of that is Mulgrave Park. Every time I oh, drive God. by those murals, I'm gonna think of you, whether God, you like I love, it or I not. Love that place. So where do you think? that where do you think this came from your personality that you're able just to kind of you i swear i swear i wake up and i say how the hell did i get here i do it all the time so you don't have an answer well i have an answer obviously the answer comes from just like like just knocking on doors i'm i'm not very i was just telling my buddy uh who's very funny he's from the boons of seattle he lives in beirut as well actually i was just telling him my delivery's at zero but my ballsiness is at 100 love it and you know what i mean and so one of my big things is like i'm not really scared to put myself into situations that are kind of bizarre awkward uncomfortable it's almost how like we got onto this podcast like i met you through my boy drew mcdonald at that hockey or lacrosse thing and here we are fucking two years later i've been on here three times yeah. How the hell did I get here? <laughs> yeah. This is a hockey podcast, you know? I don't sling whatever whatever lingo you guys use, you know? Uh, but uh, fucking, how did, how did I get in Mulgrave Park? Because Jeremy Williams is the man. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Williams is the man. That guy's fucking cool. That guy's, that guy's interesting, man. This guy is like, if you talk to him, you don't think he's deep into the arts, but here he is, like the founder of one of the biggest mural festivals in like maybe Halifax's history or something crazy. So he's the founder of it, right? So that's how this works is that uh, three years ago, it's the tragic story of Tyler Richards and Jeremy's uh, brought Michael Burt, who you've had the Burt boys on here, Trackside Studios. Shout out to them. And you, uh, he got them to work on uh, Tyler Richards' mural mural uh as a sign of like peace and love and post his tragic death and that's a crazy idea why did he think of that i don't know he probably has an answer there but and then three four years later i'm on the team with him and it's me and him and we organize this huge thing with a lot of help from mike who who brought in all our you know like the three of us are the bigger picture right like that's what we are we're an associate and then uh how did I get into it? Because I saw him at LaFresco one day and I said, sup, man. <laughs> He's like, no, man, just, you know, we're going to this mural thing. And I was just like, oh, can I help? I don't even know why I said that to him. I was like, oh, I, I'm not doing much. Can I help? Like, I'm new back in the city from Beirut and stuff. He's like, yeah, we got, you know, ABC problems. And I was like, oh, let me see what I can do. Like, just from the sake of just like helping a friend and then two and a half months, three months later here, he and I and Michael Bird are, and we had, I think it was a fucking home run, little hiccups here and there, but you know, it was fun. It was, it meant a lot. I love going there. It's best geography in the city, right on the water, man. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I don't know, the artists were fun to work with and, and, and I don't know. I have no idea how that happened. Yeah. It's just, it's sometimes in life things happen like that. No. Yeah. You just end up somewhere. Well, I think if you approach anything with a positive attitude, then 
something good's gonna especially you need work ethic a lot of people say they're gonna do things and not follow through and if you're just doing something out of pure love which it seemed like you were doing Look it was, it was, it was pure love to help. Like it, to me, it's a huge win, 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 win everywhere. So like the Mulgrave Park community gets uh, light shed on them. They, people realize how like it's none of the stigma that was ever associated with them. It's beautiful people with a long standing history with, you know, marginalization, but you know, they produce a lot of high quality people. They are high quality people and they, they're really friendly, and then you know uh, you get to bring some art to Halifax, and then Halifax becomes more of a focus in the nation. Hopefully, you know yeah. that's one of our goals, the bigger picture, right? Yeah. To make Halifax and Mulgrave kind of, and then I don't know, you put light on Michael Burt, who did like like a home run with Viola Desmond, and then you, you get shed light on Jeremy, who like fucking from linebacker at SMU to like running this, and he and he brings me on, and I don't know, I don't know, it's uh. Who fucking knows, man? <laughs> uh, fucking, I don't even know. Um, it was a lot of fun, though. Yeah. But it's an interesting idea that you brought up about work ethic versus uh, just, like, having a positive attitude. It, it kind of yeah, reminds yeah, yeah. me of, like, the perfectionist versus the uh, the doer. What's the difference? Well, the perfectionist is scared to release anything because it needs to be perfect before they release oh, it. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Whereas I'm not really part of that uh, stream. Yeah. I'm too beta for that shit. I just kind of, <laughs> I just throw things out until something sticks, you know? I'm kind of the same way. But yeah. I know every time I throw something out, it's going to get better. Right, exactly. And you that's know? the point. Eventually, uh huh, exactly. it'll be perfect. I don't think there's a perfect podcast i don't think that exists right and that, i think that's the really interesting part about it is because the more the interesting problem or the, the 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 dichotomy to use that word between the doer and the perfectionist is i think the perfectionist forgets that the only way to truly get perfect is to practice something yeah and sometimes you have to practice things with other people judging you or criticizing you or looking at your stuff yeah I so, think, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, instead of sitting around saying, how do I make this the best podcast possible? You said, fuck it. I'm just doing this podcast until it gets perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the I, same with a jump shot or. I think that's the biggest skill set that anyone could ever have. I think that's one of my built biggest skill sets. Mm. And it's the easiest one to have. I don't get embarrassed. I don't care True. about what people think. And that True. was a problem in my earlier days. You know, I had acne. I wasn't good at hockey. I was a terrible social skilled uh, right. individual. Right in my earlier twenties, but then you just kind of right. over, you know, it, over you know, it's not that I went to a course or I went to a psychologist. It just right. comes with time. Right. right, right, And right. I kind of took that skill set, if you want to call it a skill set, but mm. you gotta be honest, man, there's a lot of people out there that are crippled by other Would people's you, opinions and they don't, true. they're, they're stuck in a, a cubicle right now because yeah. they're too scared to pick up a paintbrush because they're passionate about it and go sell it. Cause they don't want people to but think you're an artist. Well, like one something. of the hard things about it all is that you got to, it's almost like a daily thing you got to remind yourself not to care but that's it's easier said than done no no of course i, I just mean like uh what i mean is like obviously justin you and i we, we in each in our own lives i can imagine we've gone through highs and lows of not giving a fuck what other people think like there i've had like a year straight where i'm like oh I, i'm just like brash and me and then you forget to always be you and then you yeah. start to think a bit more about what they think about you and then slowly that creeps into your daily routine then you start wearing different clothes you might put on a different accent or a different brand or you might try the thing you do differently because oh he said this little thing like other people's voices creep into our behavior and it's weird it's kind of weird that kind of comes back to the whole do you watch news and do you the whole social media thing because right. I, I i'm very unfortunately right, it's a it's a it's a crippling thing I'm on. I'm influenced very easily by things that 
you know, I get like, you, and I don't know why I like them, 100%. but, and there's 100%. a part of me that's like, okay, well, I, you know, I want to do that. I can do that. I can incorporate that into my everyday, 100%. but I feel like that's a, that's a negative way to go about it because at the end of the day, it's taking away from your originality. That's a good point. You know, it, it's, it's a really interesting, it's an interesting way of looking at it. The thing with me is when it comes to like the whole media stuff, it's like it creeps into you. Like everywhere you go. And it's amazing the impact it has on our like, uh, I don't like using the idea of a subconscious, but like you have a reserved amount of ideas in your head and this shit starts to fuck with them. Like when I went to Lebanon, it like really educated me on like uh, the Middle East and the Arab cultures and all this stuff. And I felt like I came back like really like enlightened in terms of like what being an Arab is two, three years here now, or two years now, and, and you start to forget some of the fabrics. You what know are, what I mean? What are some of the fabrics? Well, just like the idea is that like, uh, I don't know, like Islam is a beautiful religion, and the Arab people are a beautiful people who are kind of, they're kind of a victim in, of recent modern history. You know what I mean? So there's a problem there. But then when the more you spend time here, you start to forget some of the justifiers. Do you know what I mean? And you start to forget sort of, the things that made sense when you're there because the media here really inflicts you with things that say, Oh, that makes sense. Oh yeah. They're like, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it kind of plays with your background knowledge. Interesting. Yeah. And so it's not like me Ziad is actively thinking differently. Yeah. It's that it's just hitting my reserves. You know what I mean? Plays into the back. I sound crazy. No, it, I get it. Justin brings the, me on here. It, like, spice this place <laughs> up. I, I love talking to you. Bro. I love <laughs> I don't it. know if any of that made sense. Uh, okay. Fuck. There's a part. My uh, my cousin married a man from Jordan, and they had a wedding over there. I wish I could cool. have made it. And there was a part of me that kind of, you know, wishes I just kind of pulled up my socks and went. Right. Due to just kind of getting over that stare. Who's your cousin? My cousin, her name's Kirsten. She Kirsten, cool. Yeah, and he cool. uh, he's from Jordan. And there was a part of me that wanted to go just to kind of get over that stereotype. Because right. honestly, it is... It is. It's. It's. It's in. It's within me. It is so, within but it, me. But it makes me for sure, and it makes me sympathize with that issue more because, bro, I just lived there, and I'm like quite Lebanese. I, you yeah. know, I, my whole life, like, have, I've essentially. I tell people I was raised between here and Lebanon, yeah. and here I am having moved back, and I'm starting to already develop more stereotypes. It's like the the way we think within the stereotypes. It's like impossible to get around sometimes, yeah. and that's I think because of maybe media is powerful. The, the they say you know the, what they say you know yeah. they whoever they. they are well every time it's I, impactful every time i talk to my up. cousin about her going over there i'm like how was it like were you nervous she's yeah. like no it's great air yeah. conditioning everywhere <laughs> had some amazing food yeah, yeah a lot of uber probably uber, a lot of ubers uber like expensive high taxes I was, right, like, right. I was like but in my head i'm thinking like okay like did do you have to look over your shoulder right, right, like right, anything right. Was any, like, but i hate that i think that or... way but it's because i've never been over there this is one thing i want to do I, that's what i'm saying or like even with the states like clearly they have a lot of like uh domestic issues and yeah. they got to fix that shit because it's fucked up but like then you think like it's 350 million people so it's really when you go there it's really friendly really really kind they seem to be quite like i don't know peace i don't know like i've had i've had times in the u.s that strike me as nothing like i thought the u.s would be like what like new yorkers mean? are the nicest people i i always say some of the nicest people i've ever met i've never heard anyone say that well that's what i don't know so that's what i'm saying like it's my, my point is it's Depends on everyone's like individual experience, and I every time I've ever been there, they've always been so friendly. Uh, I'm kind of a lost dog too, though. So that. I, I I heard that they're just uh, they're less responsive to idiots. Like if you're an idiot tourist walking True. around, like 
True. If you're a if you're a common yeah, sense yeah, individual, yeah, yeah. you know how to get around, pull up Google Maps, know how to right. get to fifteen, right, to forty-seven. Right, right. You're then fine. The, yeah, but I mean, being a, sticking out like a sore thumb is never a good idea. Yeah. Like that's not what you want to do anywhere. No. No. I want to ask you. Uh, I want to talk about your September 11th story. Where were you? How did the day progress for you? Like uh, in the intro, I talked about my day, so I thought I'd just ask you about your is day. It, it is September 11th. Yeah. God damn. It's crazy to think that that's the thing that, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like it's September 11th anymore. Like 9/11. You know what I mean? Like when was that? 2001. So that's 18 years ago. 18 years ago. Damn. I, I was young. Same. Do you remember we, much? Yeah, yeah. I was on, uh, I was on uh, Brackley. I was living on Brackley. That's what, you know, Lindy James, yeah. Tyler James. I yeah. was their neighbor. Okay. Darren, Bubba. Okay. Shout out Spain, uh, Barcelona lifestyle. Uh, I was, yeah. I just remember walking home, and I remember, you know, back in fuck man, this part of the Claim Park is the best place to raise someone. I love living here. We're all walking home from the bus stop. So friendly. Everyone's garage is open. All the doors are open. It's like communal living. Like you feel like you're in the Middle East or something <laughs> living around here, man. And I just remember we all walk into, I think it was my, my, I think a lot of the neighbors at my mom's house or something and walk in and all the parents are looking at the TV and, uh, we didn't understand anything. You know, it's scary. You're just kind of like, everyone's like tripping. I think a lot of the adults are crying. A lot of us, I think uh, Chris Goshen's mom was like in New York or something at the time or something like that. You know, I don't know. I was like, what was that? 18 years, 18 years ago. So I was like, geez, I was like eight, nine years old. But I remember just a few glimpses, you know, the flashbulb memory. That's what that's called. Yeah. In psychology, it's the flashbulb memories. I just remember walking down Brackley Place, go through the garage, see the TV screen. I remember seeing the towers, fumes going up. Scary. Scary yeah. shit, man. Yeah. Weird, weird times. Yeah. Don't get me on that conspiracy. Oh, there's, a, there's a part of me that kind of wishes I was a little bit older just so I could see the world change. Uh, right. I, I wish I could see airport security change. I, I right, wish I could see right, how right, people right. greet you when you walk into a door. Because apparently the the world did change. Not apparently, Clearly. it's a fact. Right. But we're too young to see the well, change. Well, something really weird is that there was actually a Halifax to Beirut flight uh, being implemented that same month in 2001. Yeah, the, the, and then once 9-11 happened, the whole flying culture changed. Now we have like crazy protocol, like, like you, like you got to take your shoes off. Like, do you know what that comes from? Nine Eleven. Yeah, no, 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 no. Does it? It comes from a guy who once had like I think it was like he had like a thing in the sole of his shoe one time, and I think somewhere in the states, and it didn't work. And it doesn't work. And what like, was in his shoe? Never, I think it was like a bomb or like an explosive or something, and it didn't work out. It was like a one-off time. And ever since then, I got to take my shoes off before I go to the airport. Like, what's the point? And what's weirder to me is the inconsistency between airports. Yeah. I always think, like, you got to go to the airport where, the least, the, where they do the least amount and think those are the things you have to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of airplanes, like, they don't really care if you have, like, your headphones on when you're going up. What is that stuff? Like it's like this like concept of like felt uh, uh, comfort in the airplane. I never understood it. 
Have you been down to Cuba or Dominican in the past like five years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to, well, no, sorry, sorry. We went to Mexico. But you just walk straight into the airport off the airplane. Dude, the security going, when I, I think I was in Cuba maybe six years ago. Right. Walking on to the airplane, going through security, the right. guy that's supposed to be looking at the beeper to see if right. it's going on. He's checking off, his phone. He's, he's hitting on a girl next to him. <laughs> Not even looking. My, my, LeBron my, highlights. My light went off. It was red. I had right. like, a, I don't know, some metal in my, probably change in right, my pocket. Right, 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 right. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Whatever. man. It's crazy. There, there's a crazy story of like some kid jumping on like a flight in Lebanon and he like snuck onto the airplane. Like, who, how, how does it happen in 2019? I can barely get through Halifax airport with like a, a chump change in my pocket, man. It, it's weird. It's weird. I don't know. The cons- consistencies in the airports are beyond me. Here's my other thing. Here's my other thing. Right. If the phone is on while flying, is that really going to fuck up the airplane? If it did, just think about this. Do you think that any of us would be allowed to fly with a phone on our person? No. You'd think that they'd collect them when you get on. That's just bullshit to me, man. I've been sitting next to people uh, using it. Please. It's all, it's all fake. One lady told me I was <laughs> using it on the runway. Fake. And she like said, you know, turn it off. Turn your phone this off. This is ridiculous. And I was like, lady, like, yeah. you know, first yeah. of all, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Second of all, we're, we're stuck beefing, here for a bit. Beefing on the, on the airplane. Oh, my God. Some people. They, they, I don't mind traveling. Like, I think flight is one of the best inventions of our time. I think True. it's the closest thing we have to time travel. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. It is a lot And of people like that complain travel. about it, I think, you know, if you think check about yourself. It, you, you save yourself like 10 years. Whew. Whatever those boat rides used to be. They're saying it's going to get quicker. New York to L.A. Right. could be within an hour. Right, 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 right. Elon well, Musk. There's already... Uh, my girlfriend's father uh, works in the like the airline industry. Okay. And uh, he's telling me about flights from Lebanon and Venezuela. Because Lebanon's weird and there's a ton of diasporas from Lebanon like to other nations. One yeah. of them is Venezuela. And with what's going on in Venezuela, maybe you're familiar, they had a famine and stuff. And, oh, oh, Venezuela took a, took a, should, I should be politically correct about this. They took an L. I, this, is, this is all politically correct. They took an L. It's really sad. It's, it's a sad story. Yeah. And uh, a lot of Lebanese live in Venezuela. And so a lot of them are, now there's a consistent flight route between Lebanon and Venezuela. They're trying to do like a direct flight or something. Yeah. Do it in like 15 hours or something crazy. Like, like, and it's, it's. There used to be flights in like the early 2000s that could cover distances way faster than they could now. Huh. Yeah, man. Or like you look at our train system here, like from here to Montreal, it takes us like 23 hours. I know. They got like, they got like trains in Japan that do that in like three hours tops. I don't know, man. We're behind on some things. We're behind on some things. But it's all about trying to make it better. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing about Mulgrave. We were talking about... Uh, let's, get, let's go back here for a sec here. We'll rewind. We were talking about how... Uh, ballsiness and you just got to talk to people and a lot of people are crippled by other people's voices. I think one of the big things you find is we need like social practice. I always say this, but you need to practice socializing. It's it's like something people don't realize. Like you need to be amongst other people a lot Mm. to realize things you can and can't say and do and don't do. And you proper, you'll properly assess what, how sensitive you should be amongst everybody. Like right now we're a bit hypersensitive and I think one of the issues is because we don't spend a lot of time around each other. Like we need to be around each other more sober, more, I don't know, we need more areas to walk through. And that's why I like the Mulgrave Park initiative and initiatives like that throughout the city is you want to connect each other because the more you interact with one another, 
the more you collaborate as a culture, and the more you become uh, whole as a people, and the more people will be ready to jump on this potty, you know, or, or talk to each other in the streets. Or We're already quite warm here, yeah. but I just think the more practice we have, the less we'll give a shit about what other people have to say about us. Dude, this podcast has changed my life in that matter. Just outside trying to, you know, make sales meetings with the podcast, yeah. just not hesitating to call someone up and right. explain my situation. It, it's changed my life. I think if you're like if you're in a business aspect and, and you're financially not doing well and if you're not calling 20 30 people a right. day to try to get your message out there to try right, to try right. to work with someone you're right. falling behind man 100% man after this podcast you yeah. know i have you know 10 people i have to contact after right. and i already know who they are right yeah you know whenever you go to these i, I see people go to these um it's kind of fun, really. Oh, it's an amazing time. Busy. It's fun, but yeah. but it's it's also work. Like it, it's 100%. something that you have to be able to tolerate. Right. That's what I say about this. It's like it's work still, but it's the it's the it's the type of work that I'm able to tolerate for the rest of my life and be happy. You know, even LeBron James playing for the Lakers, that's work. But he's just able to tolerate it. Work nice his ass. Work. Nice, nice work. Nice work. Nice work. I feel this. You know, it, 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 but you have to be able to tolerate right. talking to so many people right. at a day. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, you got to tolerate dealing with other people or yes. you need to get in like a industry job where you're behind a desk and a computer and yeah, but then they, uh, you, you're fucking staring into a screen. I don't want to die with regret there. I, I, know, oh, I know. I don't understand. I don't get it. I agree with that though, man. So what, do you miss playing hockey or what? You have all these hockey guys on here. Well, you know how you said checkers or uh, chess. Chess, chess yeah. was your escape from yeah, yeah, you know yeah, basketball yeah, yeah, to yeah, chess. Yeah, like, yeah. This is kind of my uh, transition from hockey to the real world. I always loved... You know, shooting the shit with the boys in the dress. Right, I right, love right, right, talking right, right. to people that were on different teams that might go to the NHL. So this is just it's pretty a, cool. Oh, this is my. I live like right now. I'm living through you. Like yeah, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like I helped with Mulgrave Park. Well, I kind of did with the video. Yeah, things, no, but, no, uh, we loved that. That was fun. But that this is just everyone like, did that. That's the beautiful yeah, thing about the 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 paint the park event. Yes. When it comes back down to Jeremy, like the guy was just like, yeah, can you help? <laughs> And then I was like, yeah, well, he, he was like, these are the things that we could get some help with. And yeah. I was like, okay. And then month in, I'm like, listen, this, that. He's like, listen, man, just treat it like it's your own event. He's like, just, just, I trust you. Just go ahead. Like, let, let's get this thing working. Let's get this thing flying, you know? And then another month later, we got all these different things going on. He's doing a bunch. I'm doing a bunch. Michael's doing a bunch. And like, it's because uh, collaboration, man. Collaboration is so essential to life. It's incredible how far we will get if we all go together. <laughs> I know it sounds cheesy, man. But, but imagine collaborating with 10 people a day. You know what I mean? It's fun, though. But it's tough. It's demanding. It's, but it's tough, but that's the work part of it. Yeah, but then like you see them on the street and you're like, hey, I know you. Exactly. Yeah, hey, Especially I in a city like Halifax, where, oh. we, where we all know each other. Oh, it's fun. You're off to the race. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the, the people like I, you know, uh, the law school uh, contacted me about the event and stuff, and they wanted to do like a nice little interview. I'm blessed and honored to do that. It's a little feels anyway. It's not a conversation, <laughs> but I was just like, it wasn't a struggle. Like I know you want me to make me. You probably want me to say it was a struggle. It wasn't really a struggle. Why do they want you to say it was a struggle? Well, I don't know. You kind of always want to make it seem like it was harder than it was. Well, but in reality, it was really easy. I'd call people. They loved the idea. You know what I mean? Again, Jeremy Williams. <laughs> but, it, but it was just uh, it was a bigger picture thing. We we just kind of everyone wanted to help. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Healy, do you know Andrew Healy? Yeah, I know McDonald's. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Mr. Mr. McDonald's. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, he came through crazy. Uh, these contractors came through crazy. These uh, doctors came through crazy. These art galleries came through crazy. A lot of the media boys came through crazy. They all wanted to jump on. They all wanted to help. 
And it was like, holy shit, this is easier than it should be. I don't know. It was, uh, I don't know, man. It was a lot of fun. I think that has a lot to do with you as a person, man. I'm not saying that if someone else called me and don't asked me to start. do it. I'm telling you, <laughs> you have an aura about you that's just love. You know, people love you. People gravitate towards you. Well, Justin, I think people say, blush for? Hey, people say yes to you because they want to be around you. Unless I fucking hope so. <laughs> Tell my girlfriend that. She needs to hear this shit. How's she liking I'm it here, by the way? She's loving it. Is she? She's loving it. So Thank did she live in God. Beirut her whole life? She, uh, yeah, she essentially lived in Beirut her whole life. So she, how, what, how's the transition? Like, I'll tell you this much. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. It's fucking cold out. Someone's smoking cigarettes. We're sweaty from boomers. And she said, fuck, that was fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's like, fuck, that was fun. And I was like, I told you. It's a restaurant, dingy restaurant turned dingy fucking uh. club with a CD they've played for the last 10 years. <laughs> and she's from big old shiny bright lights Beirut. And she was like, that's as fun as fun gets. No. That's what she that. said to me. And I'd been selling her on that shit. And uh, over the summer, Boomers isn't popping. And then just the other night, she was like, God damn, that was fun. You're breaking it down there. You know, you, you all these friendly Nova Scotians. Like, no one's more friendly than Nova Scotians. And fuck, man. It was, and so that's kind of a, that's a, that's a summary of how she's feeling. It's Halifax. It's not big, shiny, bright lights. But it's a beautiful place to live. It's got a lot of diversity. Got a lot of things going on that, you know, more than people realize. And a lot of friendly fucking people and everyone's been nice to her and everyone's been friendly and she's really motivated too. This girl's this girl's a beast, right? Like I told I've brought her up on this thing before. She's a fucking captain of Team Lebanon rugby and shit. Like Why this, is she? Yeah, yeah. She's kinda like an alpha. <laughs> I'm a beta, she's an alpha. Let's, let's not make anything there's no lies here. Let's <laughs> keep things honest, you know? But no, man, she's loving it. Dow's been great and I don't know, man. Like it's an easy place to move to. Where do you see your life in like ten years? Oh, there, geez. here. They ask her that shit. Don't you asking me that shit? I could. I still don't even know how I'm gonna get off this podcast. <laughs> I could sit here all day. Ten years from now, where will the world be in ten yeah, years? That's, you that's see a, this fucking these storms and shit. Response. Ten years from now, I think here. I hope here. Yeah. Fucking hope so. I want to. I want to paint up the whole city. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I do. I really want to make this city like. As artistic as possible, as athletic as possible, as everything possible. As much as I can do and you can do and she can do and they can do. I think it's a great place. And that's the difference, man. You're that those place. are your goals. Those are your ambitions. I hope so. That's the difference right there. God damn, I hope I don't trip. <laughs> How did you uh I might trip soon. Yeah, tripping's uh, great. Then yeah, you get back up and nah, you learn. you're right. It's all okay. You're like, oh I right? tripped over that. All right, don't Straight. do that again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's how'd true. you do uh, how'd you do during the hurricane? Did you survive? Did you jump under a table? What'd you uh, do? I like the hurricanes, Me man. Too. This is a weird thing. Like, I'm all, like, for the people and stuff, and I like a little bit of chaos. Like, that crane down there on uh, South Park, that looks like an art mural to me, man. <laughs> Just leave I it. was like, <laughs> we could leave that. You could, I don't know, someone should make, like, a statue out of that. Like, it looks cool. If you ask me, it's, like, very beautifully, like, it almost looks like a vine on a building or something. I don't know. It looks cool, man. It looks like some urban art. But, no, uh, how did I do? What's more fun than the hurricanes? With knock on wood, hopefully everyone's okay. Of course, is first, first, truly though. I mean that shit. You know, barring all the tragedies and the sad stuff. But in reality, it's fun. You go, you go out. People are taking pictures and shit. It's like an event for people. Yeah. You know, you're holding hands. Kids are playing with sticks and shit. You meet your neighbors for the first time in like seven moons or something. Like people are getting coffee. I don't know, man. I don't know. The the, the storms are weird. Yeah. People. I have awe at weird things. 
you know? Yeah. Like me and my girlfriend, Zena, we sat at the window at my house uh, down in the South End. We just looked at a tree move very violently. Were you stoned? No, no, I don't do nothing like that, Dad. Oh, yeah, I swear. No, 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 no. It's legal now, right? Yeah, I guess. So. Smoking on that legal. No, I wasn't actually. I was fucking in awe of this fucking hundred foot tree sitting over the my neighbor's house. I was really hoping it didn't fall. No, but goddamn, it's fascinating to see. I don't know. The storms are interesting. How's it here? You guys got power? Well, I was out in Chester the whole time. Me, Safaris, Burke. We went out there with our with our wives, and we went out for the day. Had power all day. It was funny. We went to the grocery store right next to the cottage. There was we were power the whole time. Whole time there? we were watching the news, watching the Jays play, watching Jesus. Bianca win tennis, and uh, we went over to uh, the grocery store right next door, and we saw who's the guy that owns uh, Clearwater, Risley. And he's, he's my just, neighbor. Is he? He's the guy behind my house. No, he's not. Yeah, he's got the loudest generator in all of Halifax. Dude, so it's the he, only thing we heard for three nights. Dude, so we're out there. I'm going through the chip aisle, just like looking for chips. And he's just there, you know, wearing a shitty jacket, average hat, right, just right, right, casual right, right. billionaire right next Mr. to me. Mr. Lobster. Yeah. And he's just looking for Big chips. He's like, man, not much options here, eh? And I have to like <laughs> double take. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he even spoke to you. Yeah, he wouldn't well, even say hi to us. Everyone knew him there. Man, the Lowens, we're the Lowens, right? We're trying to have fun. You know, we have parties at the house and stuff. He's having parties. He doesn't invite me over. I no. swear to God, if I could get into that crib, we're going to have a good time. I'll make him Jay Gatsby, you know, great Gatsby. <laughs> yes, I'll yeah, make yeah. him Jay Gatsby. <laughs> I'll make him Mr. Gatsby. I'll make him the city's most beloved man. <laughs> I swear I should be that guy's PR. He has the loudest generator I have ever heard. What I'm do you not. Mean? Well, he's got Gen- this huge generator outside of his house, yeah. and it's like powering his like massive like 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 it's like a mountain sized mansion. You know, he outbids Sidney Crosby for what? The house? To have the property? I gotta see this place. Yeah, well, it's is it's, it the big? It's not the big. It's not house. an eyesore either. It's really pretty, actually. What what street? Ah, uh, Bilton Lane, right at the end of Bilton. Yeah, I don't know, know, man. This guy's got a crib. He outbid Crosby. Crosby wanted to buy it. Yeah. Wow. Sid, you got Sid. You're getting exposed out here. Should I have to say that stuff? I don't even know. So, I, don't I don't know. know. Maybe it's confidential. I heard that somewhere. That might be a lie. Everyone wants Sidney Crosby to be their neighbor. Yes. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? We, uh, I used to mow his lawn out in Grand Lake. That's what I'm saying. We all know him somehow. Yeah, we mowed his lawn, his parents' lawn, and then the house he grew up, that lawn. So it was, it was Thursday. We just called it Crosby. Did he pay Day. on time? <laughs> what do you, what? Oh, he Did paid he on pay time. on time. Oh, he no, paid no, on true. time. I can imagine. And, uh... Did he just pay an autograph jerseys? Like that guy could just pay an autograph jerseys. I remember the first day, the whole year contract. The first day, I was so nervous. We were, it was like June, July, beautiful day. So I'm mowing his lawn. My boss is just like, yeah, like just go in vertical, make sure it's nice and neat. I'm like, all right, sure, no problem. But I didn't see his uh, sprinkler system up. Came out of the grass. So I'm mowing the lawn first day, fucking nervous, trying to keep a straight line. Right, 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 right. Run right over the Where's sprinkler. Sidney Crosby's watching from his window, and watching Sid- the the lawnmower boy fuck up his grass. Sid is awake. Like he's just like I see the windows open. He's just yeah, in the yeah, house yeah. there chilling. I break the God the, the sprinkler system. Right. I don't know what to do. Right. To this day, I didn't tell anyone. So I didn't fuck up his boss. sprinkler system. I, I see, fu- that's pretty I cool up though. The sprinkler. That's pretty cool. Like my my claim to fame is that like I live in the house that he lost the bid on. <laughs> you fucked his sprinkler system up. Like that that means you're part of his life somehow. If I ever get him on the podcast, the first question I'm gonna Jeez. ask is, do you ever run into like a broken sprinkler? If you get him on the podcast, can I just like watch? You should have an audience or something. That'd yeah, be cool. I'll definitely hey, get some money on that podcast. In in house audience with 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 Nate and Sid, they're a dynamic duo. I'd say that'll be four or five cool. years, six years till I get them on. But I think it's pretty crazy that. Three of the top five players in the world right now are from Halifax. Oh, sorry, Nova yeah. Scotia, with Brad Marchand becoming some stud. I didn't know that was gonna happen. 
I don't think anyone did. How'd that happen? I'm not he's a big hockey a, guy, clearly. He's a hard worker. Well, I remember him with the Bruins years ago when they had won the chip. And he, he was like their like role player king. He came out that year. Like he he put his name on you the remember, scene. That you remember you remember that series? I think it was against the Canucks. Yeah, it was. Or something like that. And he just showed that he bought now he's, I'm hearing like he's like up for MVP and stuff, or he was or whatever. Had a hundred points last year. That's crazy. Points. Yeah, yeah. Halifax repping, man. Well, he's, Nova he's Scotia. Just a, repping. He's a hard worker. And he's irritating to play against. People don't want to play against him. He's How are you going to get these guys on the podcast? It's just patience. You know, is that your goal? Hey, definitely. Getting Crosby, uh, Nate, That'd be fun. Marchand. That's, Jesus. I know it'll happen, but I only know what's going to happen because I'm going to do this for, I, I plan on doing this for the rest of my life. So they might not. You want to do on. media, eh? I don't want to do media. I just, I well, want to. is cool. I want to talk to people. And I, you know, I like that. I agree. By looking at our downloads, I agree. People care what I have, not care what I have to say, but no, they want to hear local voices speaking about fucking shit. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> whatever the hell gets talked about on podcasts. Yeah, what's weirder than a podcast? Isn't it kind of trippy? A little. You sit, you record yourself talking about stuff. I, it's like so Seinfeld esque. Like Seinfeld was ten years too late. Early, early. Yeah, yeah, too early. Like Seinfeld would be perfect in this era. It could have helped a lot of people. I got a whole like battery operated thing. Like, the, when yeah. did things need to become battery operated though? The, the social awkwardness that they could have in, implied into the show with cell phones. Oh my god! He didn't reply. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. Why? What, what's he doing? <laughs> what, you know, like, it wasn't charged. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> deliver. That's the excuse. That it's just the worst excuse ever. Now yeah. everyone knows everything gets delivered. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the fun part about that blackout the last couple of days. Yeah. The best excuse ever not to talk to people. Yeah. You know, even for being such a social person, everyone wants a great excuse to be alone. Yeah. That's like one of my things with my sisters. They hate that about me. I don't let them sit alone. It's like you want to do something alone, watch YouTube, watch it around me. Just sit in my presence and watch it. I think alone, like being alone is, I don't know, it's like, it's like, uh, it's uh, seductive. You know, you like to be alone, but yeah. it's like, and it's this like, wormhole you get into it and then you like being alone more and more and then you stop like talking to people and you stop shaving and then <laughs> 10 years later you have like a <laughs> like doctrine a or so yeah exactly <laughs> your bags under your eyes and shit no i don't know man media so you want to do media or not no i Talk don't want to i don't want to do well media. that's the right way to think about it yeah you want to be good at something before you say you're doing something I'm working on a craft, man. I'm trying to master. I, I, I want to, like, eventually one day I would love to, like, the high button sports thing, the heartbeat of it is the podcast. But around it, I will agree with you. I do want to do some part of media. You know, like, we're going to Liverpool next week to talk to the, the cool. Canadian women's national hockey team as they play some other teams. We're cool. going up there as a media team. Cool. So there's part of it, for sure, that wants right. to be media. But I want the heartbeat of it and the most consistent thing to be the podcast. Right. You know, I'm really trying to master this this podcast game with my conversation skills, my right. attention skills. Right. And, you know, as we all know, the world we're going in, man, looking at your phone, your attention span is Jeez. five seconds. Well, so I, I run our social media uh, uh, account for the Bigger Picture Association yeah. with all the murals and stuff I'm posting. And it's been a weird, it's been a really interesting ride to learn, like, what will not work when you post. and Yeah what you got to deal with and what you got to do and like the timing of the day, which like a lot of people already understand, but it's just amazing how little people are willing to watch stuff. We're just, we're thumb scrollers. What a weird behavior. We just sit there and fucking 
we used to crack rocks. Now we thumb scroll over a glass screen. It's so bizarre. Yeah. It's very bizarre. It's an interesting thing. We, we try to post every day, and I agree. You, you, you learn. Just, what you're your ripping like. through. Yeah. You're just ripping through shit. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I agree with what you're saying, man. It, it's not really about... It's not about the end goal. I always try to say it's all about like how you approach every day with it. I kept telling that to Jeremy and even with like basketball and hockey or even law school, it's like or any fucking endeavor. It's like, it's not actually about like the final result. I mean, it's very important and you want to do well and shit. Obviously it's like the uh, original source of our motivation, but I think the way to get there is to work on it every day. It's kind of like back when I was saying like, we have to work on our self esteems every day. We've got to work on our, like stereotypical thinking every day. Like it requires a daily upkeep. And I think one of those things is uh, getting good at something. Yeah. Like I don't go to law school hoping I get grades. Like that shouldn't be the final idea. It should be, I should go to like understand how to read a case or understand the concepts in the case or understand it quickly, you know, how to master the ability to look at a document, a legal document. That was my one beef with school. It's a, just that I, I had to prove myself to my teacher. You know, I, mm. I've almost been fired from every job, all pretty much. <laughs> like, I, I can't prove... Like, someone, uh. you know, someone sitting me down and saying, listen, you, Justin, you have to prove yourself to me to right. work here. I, right. I struggle greatly with that. Really? And I was... I couldn't... I well, always... Yeah. I, I just... I don't know. It's, it's a glitch I have. So you're like the opposite of uh, me. Because <laughs> yeah. I usually just do things to prove it to people. Really? Like, that's kind of my original source. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the second child. Tarek, my older brother's a beast. So like my whole life has been like, oh, can you match up to him? Your brother's really smart, isn't he? Yeah. Someone was telling me that. Smart motherfucker. He's smart, man. This guy tells me he reads something once. (laughs) Like, think about that. Who who says that now? Would he come on the podcast? Fuck yeah. Or would he just be over my head every single second? No, no, he he's a lot more normal than me. He's a lot more simple. I don't want normal though. He'd make you laugh. He's way funnier than me. We're big stand-up people. Oh yeah? Oh man, we like digest stand-up comedy. So what do you think of Dave Chappelle's? Don't get me going. Get going. This will get me out of law school. We're only fifteen we're only fifteen minutes in the podcast. Is it yeah, yeah. (laughs) Is it is it okay to say I laughed? Like, is that even okay to say? Actually, I think you should get off the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, I'm putting the whole, I'm liable for your podcast right now. I, I, I laughed. I laughed a lot. I laughed a lot. A few times I applauded. I, uh, I, I don't know. I, like, it's crazy. He's so good. He's so good because you can't even talk about what he made you laugh about. Think about that. He, it was so controversial. We're in different situations, you and I. I got to like care about how I sound to people. I don't know. I think I should. I don't know. My dad always warns me. Don't call that fucking podcast. Is that what destroy your name. <laughs> you know, it's a thing with law. It's important. Yeah, you know, yeah. you want to trust and you want to, you have this image to upkeep. And unfortunately it's true. And obviously I'm a very honest person. So I don't want to like fucking blow my tires out, but I'll tell you this. He's ballsy. Fucking said some crazy shit on that podcast. It was awesome. Opening joke about Anthony Bourdain. Like, come on. Oh God, I. Okay, <laughs> that's a crazy joke. The, do you want to hear some? Okay, I, I got this story for you. I'm just gonna tell this story. Okay, so so my friend Waylon Fairbanks. He's from the Boons of Seattle. Yeah. He worked on a dock in Seattle at 19. On the dock was this guy, as typically is done, Lebanese man, 45 year old, moved to Seattle to get away from Lebanon, and. He's talking about all the things he hates about Lebanon. 
the traffic, the controversies, the religions, the nightlife, the food. It just he just I guess he got over it all, and that sold Waylon to go to Lebanon. So then Waylon Fairbanks, this fucking guy, man, he, we could get him on the podcast one day. He ends up going to Lebanon. Long story short, he goes there full scholarship for the university. They only give out three. Then he gets a full scholarship for the MBA program, which they only give out like two. So this guy's like a whiz kid white guy from, from Seattle living in Lebanon now. He's been there for like eight years. He's like a reporter now. So he's in Cyprus. He's sitting at a bar. Guy at the bar. Old man drinking whiskey. Talking to Waylon. Waylon is an inquisitive person. Kind of like you and I. He likes to talk to people. The guy starts telling him, yeah, I worked in the food industry in Lebanon in like 2007, 6, 7, 8. He's like, oh, so cool. He's like, yeah, I met Anthony Bourdain when he came to Lebanon. No. And he and uh, and uh, Anthony Bourdain did a lot of episodes in Beirut, and he speaks really highly of Beirut. And Williams like, yeah, isn't it crazy that he just committed suicide with his lifestyle? And uh, this guy was like, this guy was like, I don't think he committed suicide. And Waylon's like, what are you talking about? And so he's like, well, have you ever seen? Oh man, I don't even know. Just tell the story. No, tell it. I don't give a shit. So he's like, uh, <laughs> God, he was like, uh, have you ever seen Anthony Bourdain's neck? Well, I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, he has these burn marks on his neck. He's like, that's not from his like old days as being a chef. And we all know Anthony Bourdain's background. And alhamdulillah, he got out of that stuff, had a great career. But, you know, he had a pretty crazy background. But that's not from that stuff. That's an arm thing. The next stuff, according to this guy, comes from Anthony Bourdain's fetish of erotic asphyxiation. Do you know what that shit is? Yeah, it's like when yeah. you choke yourself. And yeah, you off. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, so then he, this guy starts telling Waylon that Anthony Bourdain weeks before was tweeting, making fun of people for doing erotic asphyxiation. So this guy's now claiming with a new wife, a young child, living the greatest life ever, as Dave Chappelle said himself. This guy didn't kill himself. He died by accident. Jerking off. Jerking off. <laughs> Anthony Bourdain went out on a high, I guess. Wow. Yeah, that's that story. That's I don't an know. interesting perspective. Yeah, and then there's some other like people who tweeted this idea out and shit, and uh, that's uh, that's my scoop for uh, the high button. I hope that when you die, you get to figure out some things. You know, right, like God right, tells right. you. Stats. All right, so did how did Anthony Bourdain die? You know, right. yeah, know, it was 9/11 an inside job. True. I hope True. you get to feel like, four things. You get. Well, to there's figure, like I would love to... to see how many times I've sworn. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. like, a, like a just a numbers count. That's a cool thing. You know what I mean? How I'd many like, people like 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 how many people actually liked you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who actually liked you? Who talked about what you're behind your back right, the most? Right, right. Were you wrong or right about this or that? That was, would be a cool thing. Did the Sacramento Kings get fucked over by some refs? <laughs> like, I want to know if the NBA is rigged. Do you believe sport rigging? Do I believe in it? Yeah, yeah. Of course. As long as the mob is alive, there will be rigging in sports. Wow, that's, I like that. That's of course, an interesting idea. It's a good point. Mm. Sorry, wait, Dave Chappelle. What do you think? That was amazing. Yeah, he is. I thought it was interesting what Rotten Tomatoes did. They they right. closed voting down for the percentage to four people within right. Rotten Tomatoes. Right. And at the end of the four people voting, it was zero percent. Then they Impossible. open it. They, they open it up to the public, and it's ninety nine percent. So when I'm thinking of everything that I'm doing with my life, here's me again comparing right. myself. No, to no, man, else. that's how we live. Humans I just live think okay, well, the, what we know. the general public cares about the truth. True. True. Cares about the truth. True. So when I'm on this podcast and I'm talking, I'm trying to tell the truth as much as possible. So when I'm watching his podcast, I 
or his, his comedy special. Right. I loved it. You know, right. how could well, he I not? Think, I think he it's did something. I think he did something that was really elegant. In what I sense? find that's the thing is I describe that that uh, that special as really elegant. He he was really respectful to a lot of communities. He was really respectful about abortion. And he was really respectful, and I speak on behalf as a uh, ally, as we use, or someone who is in favor of like LGBTQ rights. He didn't actually like he didn't throw slander. He just like made a joke about kind of their tough experience, and but at the same time was respecting them, saying these people are ballsy as fuck. They're tough as fuck. They go out in life super courageous. They say fuck you to society. They demand they they demand what is theirs. Yeah, you know and. I found that to be really respectful. Then he goes on to make a joke. That's what he does. He's a comedian. He is a comedian. Why are we holding comedians to the righteous levels of a pastor or a priest or a professor or a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer or a fucking president or prime minister? He is a comedian. He is literally making us laugh. Which usually means he's going to say things that might bother a person or two. I don't know. I just think he's really elegant. Like what he said about the abortion, he really embodies another problem that was going on. And it was, it was just filled with so many truths. It's the whole like, uh, it's it, right or wrong thinking. Like why does everything need to be so black and white? You know, there are perspectives to a lot of takes that we don't like to think about. And, you know, uh, it was me, my girlfriend, my brother, and our cousin. Uh, we debated the whole abortion. Should the man be allowed to walk out on um, on the sort of uh, uh, care for the, the child care, you know? Like, if you have the right to, what do you say? If you have the right to abort, we have the right to abandon, you know? And, like... I don't necessarily agree. And there's a whole legal perspective that makes sense as to why, like, the man should pay. Yeah. But it's a complicated idea. That's the thing I realized. Yeah. Here we are debating it, me, my girlfriend, and my brother, and my cousin. And I realized to get to the reasoning that really the man should kind of fund the child that they gave birth to regardless, it's really complicated. Yeah. And if someone doesn't sit down and break things down to us in society, I understand why a lot of layman folk are just like, that doesn't make sense. And then we shame them for not understanding ideas that are really kind of legally complicated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that he really shed light on the fact that society is simple and we're trying to spoon feed people really complicated ideas. Mm. If we don't take our time explaining things to people, then why or how could they ever hold these like very righteous positions? It's kind of, again, back to the fucking media thing. There's a part of me that thinks I'm kind thing, of screwed man. up because I don't. It's almost like I. I you know, when I hear people say, like, I hate gay people, it doesn't bother me. It's like, you hate gay people? Fine. Like, I'm not, right. you know, I, I don't get a reaction out of someone. If I was gay and someone right. said, you know, I fucking hate you, right. that's fine, man. It's your opinion. True. You know, it, it's like uh, people get so upset about things that just should not matter. And right. there's a part of me that wonders if I'm fucked up because I don't care about what happens in my surroundings, like politics and things like that. Like, I right. get liberal, conservative th- and things like that, but... Right. If Justin Trudeau is my prime minister, it's not going to affect how I live my day-to-day life. I know Joe you know, Rogan always says that. Does he? Joe, yeah, Joe Rogan is, has this idea as well. He's just like, I, people get mad at me that I'm willing to sit with anybody. It's like, but what's wrong with sitting with anybody? Like, I agree. Like, like if someone's a homophobe, that's bad. That's not a good, sh- that's not fucking good. But the point is, is he necessarily a bad person? 
Maybe he has an upbringing or socializing exactly. that taught him these bad ideas. Exactly. I get it because I'm an Arab kid that was raised in a Canada that wasn't always so friendly to Arabs. Yeah. So I've had to like I've had to lower my uh, my standard sort of for like I guess like cultural sensitivity or yeah. whatever bullshit you want to call it. I heard some crazy shit growing up, me and my brother, especially around 9-11. Yeah. 9-11 wasn't good to me and my brother yeah. or the, the the brand of being an Arab. Yeah. We heard a lot of crazy shit and people attacked us. Did really? In the beautiful Clayton Park. You know, wow. we, we love growing up here, but we had some crazy stories. Wow. And uh I'm not mad at I'm not gonna generalize that white folk are this or these people are that. It's just uh, you got to understand that some people are raised a certain way. Mm. Uh, a child says what the parent thinks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. So often it's not really the child or the teenager or the fucking even young adult's fault. It's how we are raised. So I'm willing to sit with anybody too because yeah. the only way to fix things is to talk about them and, and instead of ostracizing one another for our bad ideas, we should kind of work together to get somewhere else. Yeah. Like this, well, this way, Justin. Have you ever had like, do, like, like? It, it probably is good that I sit here and tell you that Islam is a beautiful religion and that there's a lot of beautiful principles too, and it's very humble and very modest and very collective. That's probably good for you to hear. Yeah, you know what I mean, because you and I are meeting together to talk, mm. and that's good for talking's sake and culture's sake. I don't fucking know, man. No, it's what the people need. It's we live in such a divided world. We do. You know? It's in, and that's the fucking Dave Chappelle, man. That's why I liked it so much. My buddy, who's a Dave Chappelle stan, Bobby. I don't know if he's going to listen to this. but <laughs> he's, a, he's like, I didn't love it. It wasn't the funniest shit. I was like, it was more like Carlin-esque funny. What does that mean? Well, George Carlin. Oh, George. Sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah okay, no, no. Sorry. It's just, uh, it's kind of truth funny. Yeah. Kind of like you're just listening. You're kind of taking it in, you know? Like I found one of his specials like a year ago was like that. He was sitting, smoking a cigarette, right. just telling the truth. He wasn't right, telling Right, jokes. right, right. Well, that's what comedians are. Tell the truth. They just tell you the fucking truth. People say, what you know? What does it take to be funny? You just tell the truth and make fun of it. That's True. all it is. True. That's True. all it is. True. Why do you think Jerry Seinfeld's so good? He just tells observable oh, truth. Yeah, he's great. But like like the, the car ride thing. Like... In the S, like the uh, the Comedians alphabet people, no, 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 the Dave Chappelle joke with the alphabet people, oh the yeah, LGBTQ yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, community yeah. being in a car getting yeah. somewhere. The L's don't like the Q's. The Q's yeah, don't yeah, like the it's G. like really yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. It's like dynamic funny, yeah. and like uh, there's you know clearly there's some clearly some triggering ideas in it, but really the holistic concept is these people are making moves for themselves. That's really good. Yeah. You know, you got a male comedian standing on stage kind of like respecting the fact that these people have made great waves for themselves. Yeah. Why is that a bad thing? Like, okay, we're going to make fun of it a bit. I don't know. I guess the problem is I was raised being my culture being made fun of. So from in my mind. Oh, I never thought of that. Well, that's the thing. And so in my mind, it's like everything should be made fun of. Yeah. Because, you know, we're the, what are we? We're the fucking, we couldn't play hockey because in every corner we would have made a corner store or some shit, you know, whatever, <laughs> some bullshit I heard. You know, all this That's crazy funny. shit, you know? That's uh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I Yeah, it's, uh, I think in order to help other people, you got to work on yourself. I think Dave Chappelle is just, you know, he's mm. got everything figured out, I think. Not everything, but I just I, I think he's secure with who he is. He, he's a master at what he's doing, and uh, if you can make fun of a situation that the world is in, I think that makes the world a better place. Because anyone that takes themselves too seriously, I think that's one of the funniest things in the world. True. I think people that take life, true. Oh, that's funny. You gotta have fun with you it. You gotta have fun with it. 
coming from a guy who just sat on a podcast for an hour and a half. But are you are you crushed for time right not now? Not really. I mean, I probably got to bounce soon. To be honest with you, it's eleven twelve. Yeah, I should go. I got class soon. I have to meet uh, Trackside Studios. Oh yeah. Repping, but um, anything else? What are some wanna... final thoughts here? What what's your what's your recipe for what's your recipe for life? What do you think people should be oh focusing God. their time and energy on? Because it seems like. You know, you're a guy with direction. You know where oh, you're going. Oh, Justin, stop! I literally I'm am you, not. Man, any guy it's that just any guy that gets a, a an interview on the news no, the other man, day. Any it, guy that no, no, it's just tell no, tell me, no, tell them. No, it's just I reject what you just said. But I uh, I don't know, man. It's about effort. You gotta try. You gotta try. I don't know. You just gotta try different shit. You gotta just put your foot down. Step your put your foot in the door. You can't be really scared to fail. It sucks. You know, rejection sucks. You know, you feel embarrassed. You get all red. Your back gets sweaty. <laughs> Your thigh gets sweaty if you're me. You know, I don't know. I get sweaty the weirdest places. I don't know. Like, you can't really be scared of the failures. And those will come. And I know it sounds fucking cliche, but it's just kind of true. Like, you, you, you will surprise yourself where, with where you'll get. And a lot of people say that shit. And uh, I don't know. If you shoot for the moon and you miss, you'll land among the stars. That's what they say. Right, right. You know, something like that. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I'm not the poet you are, Justin. No, I'm not the poet. You're the wordsmith. <laughs> I'm over not here. the wordsmith. Um, I don't know. What's the fucking recipe? I don't know. I keep me and my sisters always talk about this shit, and my brother, of course. But it's just kind of you got to try. That's literally it. You just got to try. You got to take your own day and try. I don't know. That's what I got. What about you? What about you? Man, it's just work hard and don't care about what people think. It's all I do. Right. I work hard. I have a routine. I know what I want. I think that's a big thing. You got to know what you want. I think that's the first step. You got to know what you want and then you got to go after it. But some people get scared because the mountain is so high. Right. But if you just don't look at the mountain and you just look at the first step in front of you, just like this podcast, this is a step. Right. The next podcast is another step. Well, here's here's another thing I'd add to this. Don't let... The, f- the fear of not being perfect prevent you from doing. That's a big problem. We just got to do. If it's not fucking great, just fucking make it great the second time. Work on your craft. Listen to episode one of this podcast and then listen to this podcast and, and you'll see, see how far two and a half years will get you. God, I hope I didn't stutter a lot today. You're great, man. I'm never worried about you coming on the podcast. It's always fun. How the fuck is that an hour and 20 minutes? I could keep going, but um, you got to go. Yeah, I got to get out of here. All right. Ziad, thank you very much for coming hey, Justin, on, man. JB. The real Nova Scotia zone, JB. <laughs> I don't, sure. I don't like JB. I don't like... Uh, you don't like the Justin I, Bieber I, reference? Oh, yeah. He is the same. Oh, man. Come People on now. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. As thank always, you very much. My man. We're just going to sit here and thank each other for 10 minutes until we get the, <laughs> off the podcast. All right, everyone listening, thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Make sure to go to all of our social media outlets. Please like, please subscribe, and please comment. Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, all that good stuff. I hope you learned from Ziad. I know I did. Once again, Ziad, thank you for coming on. Hey, hey. We are out. Peace.